Welcome back, folks. This is the Revert Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As we normally start with, in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Most High, the Most Merciful, the Especially Merciful. Bismillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. And we send our prayers and blessings to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the one that showed us the way of Islam and he is the one that guided us towards the correct path. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to meet brothers and sisters in Islam who became our brothers and sisters by the word of La ilaha illallah. There is no deity worthy of being worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with no partners. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger and the last sealing messenger. And this is the word that brings us into Islam. It makes us to be considered as Muslims. With us today is a sister that had embraced that word and had embraced the lifestyle of a Muslim and became a Muslim a very long time ago. And Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have allowed me to meet her on Facebook and be able to understand a little bit about her background in the Islamic journey and the, the Muslim lifestyle. And I was able to bring her over to our podcast. Alhamdulillah, this is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will have her introduce herself and then we'll go forward with the interview with the sister. Assalamu alaikum sister. Okay. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks to Allah. Alhamdulillah. I first want to thank you for accepting my invitation to join me here on this podcast. I really appreciate it so much. You are very welcome. The second thing, as I mentioned to the people who are listening, that I am very blessed to have you join us in this podcast because it's, it's very unique how we met and it's very unique how you met this beautiful deen and this beautiful religion that you are in currently, alhamdulillah, and you are a sister to us in this religion. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbi I want you to introduce yourself to the brothers and sisters who are listening right now. Barakallah Fiki. Okay, my name is Hay Sherman. That's my pen name. They gave me the name of Iman after accepting Islam about 30 years ago. Mashallah. So I've been Sister Iman for 30 years now. Mashallah. So Sister Iman, the name that you have embraced as a Muslim name, and Kay Sherman is the name that you use when, when you say pen name, meaning that you are an author and you write books and you use that name for your books and articles and whatever. That is correct, yes. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. So before we get into the writing and all that stuff, I want you to tell me a little bit more about your past. A little bit, you know, obviously don't get too too deep into it. We only have maybe about 30 to 40 minutes to try to take this information. And we want to get into the journey of you entering into this beautiful deen, Islam, and the journey of afterwards. So tell us a little bit of, of how life was before Islam. Okay, my life before Islam was probably not worth living. And I was born into a Jewish family. Okay. Subhanallah. And uh, we lived in New Jersey. And my family was 
not religious at all. So they were Jewish by name, but not by... Actually, they sent me to a private school, a private Hebrew school. So I could learn, and I learned religion there, but it was just a matter of convenience that no more, that we were next to the, this school. So actually, it was a very good opportunity in, you know, in retrospect that I was raised in a in a religious sort of environment, but not at home. You know, there was like the, always this dichotomy between school and home. So I would go to school and they would they would teach us about, you know, the rules of how to pray and how to worship God and how to, you know, what, what, you, what you should wear. There was a dress code. And then I would go home and they would be like, wear whatever you want, do whatever you want, eat whatever you want. And mm. there were strict regulations at school about what we can eat, you know, what we could say, what we could, what we were supposed to do on like weekends because they, they observe something called Shabbat, which is, which we didn't do, but my friends did because they were Orthodox. Mm. So there was always this, always this dichotomy between, you know, religion and who's right, you know, or is it all just, you know, or is my mom and dad right? Because they don't support any religion. And actually there was a time in my life when I asked them that question, because we moved away from this school that I was, you know, this place where I was raised to another school in Chicago. And I had no connection with God at that point. I mean, no one practiced, no one told me about religion, why, and to pray, to, to wear whatever, you know, clothes. They, they, they let us wear whatever we wanted. Mm -hmm. And I became, you know, really lost. And uh, so I asked my parents one day, actually, is there a God? And I, I became so doubtful. I mean, I just didn't know anymore. Is Because we left that religious lifestyle behind. And I always felt like there was a God, but I wasn't sure. So I asked them, and my stepmother went right out and said, no, there's no God. You just live, and you, then you die, and that's all. That's it. Wow. That's that's it. Her, that was her right. actual belief. And then my dad said, he looked at me, and he said, he looked really, you know, not uncomfortable with the question. And he just said, I don't know. Wow. So I didn't like either answer. <laughs> so I went looking for myself. SubhanAllah. That's the part of life where we tend to follow our gut. And we're like, right, you know what? Exactly. I need to find out for myself. I don't want to hear nobody's answers. I want to really go out there and search and find the information. As I research, I do my own research. SubhanAllah. Right. And that seems right. to be the, the story of a lot of brothers and sisters who do embrace Islam. They love their parents, they love their family, they love the way that they were probably living at one time. But then they find that there's a trigger in their heart that they're like, hold on, there's something wrong somewhere. I have to figure right. it out. <laughs> MashaAllah. And actually they pushed me to the edge because they didn't, I mean, I had a stepmother at 13. And this was like a critical age when you really need your, your mom and your dad and all the support you can get. And I just didn't have any of that. I mean, my mother left, my stepmother came and she had no interest in us. She had no religion. She was like... She took us to see the Ten Commandments one time, which was the story of Moses, you know, yeah. and all the prophets of God. And I came out and I was like, I believe in this. I, do you believe in this stuff? And she's like, no, it's just tales of the ancients, like the Quran wow. says. Al al and I was like, you know, it's like faith was inside me, but I didn't know yet. Subhanallah, subhanallah. That's amazing. If that honestly brings any stories back to me when I hear stories like yours, is the stories oh. of the Sahaba. Hey, the right. stories of the Sahaba, especially those who heard about 
things but weren't very sure and they actually traveled miles and miles away to find the truth and right. find the Prophet Muhammad right. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Such so, as Salman al-Farisi and yes, a lot of them. Yes, that's one of them and a lot of them, subhanAllah, who actually were living in the same the lifestyle like yourself and, and many other brothers who and sisters who come into Islam. And that's why I find it that it's a very touchy journey for sisters and brothers like yourself who were living, who were born into a non-Islamic lifestyle. And right. then all of a sudden they come out out of that lifestyle looking for the truth. Right. And that is the best comparison that I find wallahi to the sahaba because they didn't they had they were they were born into an, another lifestyle and then they accepted and they embraced the lifestyle of Islam. Right. And there's a difference between darkness and light and Absolutely. alhamdulillah Allah showed me the light. Alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and that's that's the beauty of what the Prophet ﷺ said one day. He said, there are, or the meaning of that, inshallah, I'll, I'll bring the exact uh, wording. I can't wait to see my my bab, or the, the people uh, that I really love. Loved ones, loved ones. The loved ones. And they, the Sahaba right. were sitting there, they're looking at him like, I, we thought, where are your loved ones? Right. And then he said, well, you are my friends, you are my companions, but those loved ones are the ones that I... I never meet, they never meet me, but they believe in me and they actually follow my guidance. And those are the people that will, you know, that will come in the future. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam love. Allahumma ameen. Ameen. May and we all Allah. be among them, Ya Rabb. Ameen, ameen. May, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all among them. Ameen. Ameen. This is, this is amazing, alhamdulillah. So, so you grew up looking and, and you started looking very early, mashallah, very early in your life. Uh, right. You were very curious, and you were really into the into the believing stages very early. Mashallah, that's amazing. Oh, exactly. At a time when I was probably all my friends were out partying, I was looking for the meaning of life in the school library. But actually, there was a, a student who pushed me. He said he he made a comment which made me think and really reflect on what he said. He said, "You know, if if there really is a God." then we're probably all doomed to hell because we don't, that's enough that we don't even know. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Oh, this is powerful. Was he also one of like, your classmates? Was he also in the Jewish he was religion? just uh, one of the kids in my group, in my, the group that I was, I would study with. And he just opened up and, you know, he said something, he said the question that everyone must think about what, at some point in their life. Subhanallah. And he was, and I took it seriously. I took it very seriously. I was like, I want to find out. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go to hell if there's a hell, so I, I have to know. Absolutely. And I went to the school library. Subhan. So so to that that was the trigger of your curiosity. Right. You could say that. What age was that? I would have been eighteen. Ah, okay. But before that, you say when you were around thirteen. And in the early teenagers, you were also curious and, and wondering and asking your parents different questions. Right. But it didn't, you know, it was like a gradual process. It didn't, it wasn't overwhelming at that time. But then when I got a little older and, you know, I had a really big car accident when I was 17. And my parents were just like so devastated about the car that was totaled and they had no, I mean, they didn't care whatever happened to me. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, is this life? You know, I, I don't know. 
I, it hurt me so much to feel that I was so unwanted. So I was just there has to be something else out there to make me feel, you know, worthy. Worthy and love, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. So, so that's that. That's a tough upbringing, Subhanallah. You right. uh, you were in a of a of a home that is kind of the average home in America, basically. Um, right. where there's divorce, there's a breakup, there's, you know, a broken, right. uh, life in right. a, in a young age. And then, right. and then life started gradually pushing you towards, there's something better out there. I need to be, exactly. I need to find exactly. it. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, allowed you to find that. So now we need to get into that, <laughs> that nice you know the the journey and and how you actually reverted what was the steps that you ran into to get to that point okay so i went to the library and the library and i asked the librarian a strange question i told i asked her can you show me the book that will show me the truth of my existence you and asked like show yeah. me the book that will show me the truth of my existence right wow that was a deep question. And how old were you then? I was also 18. This was the year before accepting Islam formally. Oh. SubhanAllah. So I was just searching after, the, you know, after that student talked about going to hell and I was just like determined to, to find the answer. Mm -hmm. And she was, she didn't know. Actually, she was like, don't, don't waste your time with these books. I, I have a better solution. And she told me to come over and she would spread Buddhism. She was a Buddhist in, uh -huh. in the, on campus. And I tried to, you know, to. I went to her house and I listened and I tried to glean any sort of spiritual fulfillment from doing yoga and doing what she said to do and it never came. <laughs> so, so she kind wow. of like, you know, made me a little lost for a while. Mm. But then Allah willed it that I would you know, not be satisfied with her answer. So I went to actually, I was, I was supposed to take a culture class or order. I mean, it was, I had to take a culture class at that point, a foreign culture. And I uh -huh. just chose the Middle East because I had a, you know, a relation with a relationship with someone from the Middle East. So I was like, I want to know about his country and his beliefs and his, and how he, he lives over there. Uh-huh. Okay, so I enrolled in this Middle Eastern culture class. And that was really wide, an eye-opening experience because we, we watched films about Muslims living in Egypt. I mean, there was a documentary that really just, it was like the right time, just exactly the right, you know, sometimes Allah gives you signs. And it was just right in front of me, people praying for the first time. I saw, I saw a woman praying and covering her hair and explaining why she prayed and what she believed in. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman dressed in the niqab, the face veil, which covers everything except your eyes. Mm -hmm. And she was probably, if anyone else saw her, maybe they wouldn't have been so keen to know, you know, why she's dressed like that. But they asked, the, the interviewer asked her, why, you know, aren't you hot under, underneath all of this clothing? And she said, yes, but in her language, it was, it was translated, subtitles underneath. She said, yeah, it's hot, but the fire of hell is much hotter than this. Wow. That wow, was cool. pretty much, you know, at like the tail end of my search because I needed that, you know. So that she was the second person that talked about hell throughout that time 
of your life. I really, yeah. So she the first person the, was the. Uh, fall into hell, not if she didn't wear the niqab. I mean, it's not. It's not far. It's not. You don't have to wear. It. But she was really had taqwa. You know, taqwa mm -hmm. is that fear of God that. I just envied her. I, I felt like envious of her. And I didn't even know because she had iman. She had faith inside. And that's what I wanted. But I didn't mm. realize it at the time. But Allah I know Allah. now I know. That's why she was so appealing to me as a... So know, that was the connecting dot from that first dot that you got from that young man who was talking about hell. Then this one, she talked about hell. Then that connected exactly. dots exactly. together. Right. SubhanAllah. Right. It's like a chain. Right. Like, okay, this is where... My second step is, let's find out more, huh? Oh, exactly. SubhanAllah, amazing. So then what happened after that? So then actually I was, I just left the class and like the next day there was an open lecture about Islam. A woman who was previously, you know, non-Muslim, she accepted, accepted Islam and she was wearing the scarf. And this was the first veiled woman I'd ever seen. And she was talking about the place of women in Islam. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, well, well, I, I just stepped in and it wasn't even, you know, planned, but Allah planned it. Yes. And she was talking about how women have a great, you know, position and Islam and Islam came and gave them rights that previous religions and ways of life never gave her and oppressed her. But Islam gave her her freedom and the right to, you know, work and, and, and accept marriage proposal and, you know, to do to own land and property, you know, a lot of things that women that I didn't know. I mean, I didn't. I had no idea that even that Islam recognized Jesus, Jesus's mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, as mm -hmm. a pious, the most pious of women. I didn't even know they recognized her. Yeah. Or had anything. I didn't know Islam had anything to do with her. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And then I found that she was the, you know, one of the four most pious of women, and I was like, what is this religion that we that that we none of us knows about but i want to know i want to know more mm -hmm. that that was in what city to... you were still in, in jersey or that's after you moved i had moved at that point i had moved to chicago and mm -hmm. then i moved back to new jersey for a while then i went to ohio at the last state I, I lived in and i was at ohio state university at the time so that's the time where you met this scarfed sister who was talking about islam and right was telling and her speech just Right, made me go right to the mosque after after it. Right and away. I, I approached, I approached the mosque, and the man was a foreigner. He was his name was Owais, and he and I told him, please, I want to know about Islam. Just tell me about Islam. Mashallah. And he was like, okay, this will take a long time. I, I'll give you a book. And I was like, okay. And he gave me a book called Towards Understanding Islam by an author, a Pakistani author named Maududi Abu Ala Al Maududi. Uh huh. And I read it, and you know, after this book, I was just convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, Alhamdulillah, it, it like it clicked, you know, because so I had asked for Allah for guidance previously, and I I forgot to tell you, I had I was down on my knees at a certain time, in my you know journey, and I was like, if there's a God, please let it be known, let me know you're there, please rescue me, show me my way. I'm lost. I'm totally not. I don't know, you know, if you're there or not, but if you are, I'm desperate for a cure. And Allah heard my, my plea and he answered. 
Where where was that when you when you pleaded? Was you were you at school or like that's after you went home and you were thinking? It was to... actually in my dorm room. I was in a, a women's dorm dormitory. Yes, yes. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. That would have been 1993, 1993. Subhanallah, amazing. And then I accepted Islam like virtually the next day. You know, after uh -huh. reading this book. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That's amazing. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And that's when they called you Iman and they told you your new no, name? No, no, no. And then I covered my hair with a, a scarf until like anything that I could find to cover my hair with until I went to buy a scarf. Okay, uh -huh. That was the first thing I did. <laughs> the second thing I did was I went to a, the the Hebrew, you know, the, the, what is it called? The synagogue that I used to pray in occasionally. And I was like, you know, I told them that I was not pleased with their religion because they... They didn't tell us haram and halal. They, you know, they would tell us that just live as you like, and they would bring us on field trips, and they would be co-ed. And I was like, no, the religion wouldn't, you know, allow that. There has to be separation of, you know, men and women. And they didn't give us any of the incentives or rules to to follow. They were pretty lax. Uh -huh. So I was like angry at them. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> it's not Judaism. It's it's Islam. Allah and they were very offended by the way. And they told me, okay, as long as you're happy, you can you can leave now. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> I was young. I was like, you know, that was the second thing I did. Ah, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you got yourself a scarf. You put it on. Now the hard part is, maybe, I don't know if it was the hard part or not, but is to lay the information down to your family. How was that? Yeah, actually, I went to my dad's. I went to my dad's, you know, place of work, and I wear. I was wearing the scarf for the first time, and he was like, "Go home, just go home, and tell me. And then we'll talk. You know, he'll explain to me what what you did. Explain later." He was very taken aback, and then when I told him what I did, because he really, he pretty much saw it coming, he was like, "You know, you have to be, you know, mentally." disturbed so he took me he told me that i have to go to a psychiatrist no way <laughs> yeah and and then the psychiatrist i actually i agreed because i i learned in islam that you're supposed to obey your parents and any anything that's not against your religion so i was like okay as long as she's a woman i'm game i, I went okay and she was trying to convince me why are you, you know that what i did was wrong you know why are you walking around with with the terrorists why oh do you my cover God! Your hair when no one else does. Why are you suddenly, you know, a Muslim? And she's not supposed to go into that, you know, as a as a psychiatrist. Uh, psych right. She should separate that. She shouldn't go into the religious aspect, you know, spiritual aspect. But I told her, you know what? If you're trying to change my opinion or my decision, you're you shouldn't waste your time, you know? Wow. And you too should become, you should look into Islam. I told her that. You did. Oh my God. Yeah, I did. So, huh? That was, uh, I'm sorry, let me cut you off real quick. For for people who don't know, back in 93, there was a, a terrorist attack in New York City. And right. it was, it was, it was a horrible situation, obviously. I used to, I was actually living in New York when that happened. I was still maybe 12 or 13. And oh. the, uh, the time was, was very h harsh on, on Muslims. People were looking at Muslims I... in a bad way. And uh, obviously there were there were people being accused, there were fingers being pointed at us and all that stuff. And right. on top of all that, you actually accept Islam 
in the in the midst of all that stuff. Which I is... just never looked back. When when I was convinced, I was convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's Islam is the truth. And nothing would change that. There were thousands of people who were introduced to Islam at that time. And they loved Islam because they actually looked into it and they found out that it's not a terrorist type of religion. And that's the beautiful part about it is that people try to accuse it of it being bad or harmful or something like that. But when you look deep into Islam and you really understand what the rules of Islam are, then you find out that the Islam religion is a peaceful religion. And if anybody goes against that, then they're going against Islam on their own. They're not actually following the directions of Islam. Right. Exactly. They said it was, it was spread by a sword. It was never spread by force because you never. can't force someone to be a Muslim. You can't force someone to be sincere in their shahada and their declaration of faith. Exactly. So it was never spread by force. And Allah says it in the Quran, La ikraha fiddin. There is no right. force in Islam. Never. And as you mentioned, because it's something in the heart, there's no way that you can force a belief on someone. You can try right. to convince exactly. them. You could try to tell them right. about it. Now, are they going to actually be convinced or actually going to follow it or not? That's up to them because that's a belief system. Right, exactly. And you exactly. were able to actually catch that on your own and, and really figure it out and, and capture it by yourself, mashallah. By the grace of Allah on me. And I of really course, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you didn't have nobody coming at you with a sword and trying to convince you and tell you, you better become a Muslim no. or else we're going to cut your head off. <laughs> no way. Alhamdulillah. No, quite the opposite. Actually, you know, I had Muslim friends who were, who were not good and they didn't, they weren't, they didn't want me to, to and embrace they tried Islam. to push me away from being a Muslim. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Allah SWT so works in by the grace of God that I, I could look beyond that. You know, there are bad Muslims just as there are bad Christians and Jews and not all Muslims are a good example of Islam, of course. Exactly. As we see. And I was just I knew I had the I was I was right and I knew that I had done the right thing and there was no no going back. Except when you when you're in the depths of darkness and then you suddenly see the light, there's no returning i mean you've i've tasted the sweetness of faith as they say Allah in islam you know once you taste the sweetness of faith you, you can never go back alhamdulillah subhanallah that's amazing mashallah that's beautiful alhamdulillah Allahumma so that was back what year again? that would have been in the first day of ramadan in 1993 i officially accepted islam by the same the shahada allahu akbar and you said you paid a visit to uh, to Michigan at the time? Right. I, I was nearby, you know, in Ohio. Someone uh -huh. took me to a mosque because there was a, a little Arabic community there in Dearborn, Michigan that he told me about. And he took me there by his car and bought me my first translation of the Holy Quran. Allah. English translation. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. And ever since then, MashaAllah, you've been studying Quran more and more. Right. I have taken it upon myself to just read more and more about Islam and Quran and translations and translations of other books that are like books about the Hadith, you know, the Hadith, which is the way of the and sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon so, him. Awesome. Yes, yes. So I would buy translate books like Riyadh al-Salihin. This is the Gardens of the Pious. I would buy it in the English translation. And companion, and about the the people around the the men around the messenger, 
also another book that I've read about the companions around the Prophet Muhammad Mashallah, amazing. And then you moved out. You went away. And Where'd then you I, <laughs> you know, I just, every decision that I made after becoming a Muslim was based on my belief. You know, for example, from now on, I'm just going to look at every decision I make. I'm going to see what Islam says about it. Like, for example, I was 20, I was about 19 at the time. Islam encourages young women and men to get married early. Okay, that's in our religion. So yes. I was like, okay, as soon as someone comes along that is reasonable and suitable for me, I will accept. I'm just going to start my life as a Muslim now because I'm old enough and I'm mature enough and I and I have the right belief. So, and also my family life wasn't, wasn't you know, something, I didn't want to stay there as a Muslim. I mean, they, they would have oppressed me and treated me badly, worse than before. Uh-huh. So I just decided to get married to the first reasonable, you know, person that, that asks for my hand. MashaAllah. And that's what I did. Allahu Akbar. That's amazing. Alhamdulillah. So then you decided to get out of the country and go to a different country to learn Arabic and stuff Actually, like that? Actually, my, oh, my husband was from, he was an exchange student at Ohio State University. Okay, uh -huh. he was studying molecular biology. He took me back to, he was Egyptian, so actually I had this affinity for Egypt at the time. I don't know why, for, maybe it was from watching this film about Egypt. <laughs> so I just said, he was like, if we get married, we're going to have to go back. I'm not going to live in the United States. He was completely opposed to that. Oh, subhanAllah. So I was like, okay, let's go to your country. You know, I was like willing and I wanted to go. And it was the best decision I ever made because the second best decision after accepting Islam. After Islam, mashallah. So that's where you learn Arabic, that's where you took your kids right. to school and stuff like that. Right. Then I raised my family here <clears throat> in Egypt and uh, it was just so good for them to be raised in a, in a strict society. Not so strict that, you know, just there's no, the, all, it's all about rules and regulations and do and don't do. No, no. It's, it, they have their freedom and everything. They're raised, you know, just on the Islamic syllabus, on the Islamic principles of mm. fasting, of praying, of, you know, using their time, right, well, not wasting it, you know, not getting into the activities that mo most American teens or kids, you know, fall into, the drugs, the, the all the, th the bad things that kids do, the promiscuity, there was none of that because people, you know, people here in, in Egypt, I mean, most of them respect their religion, the, the rules of their religion, and they follow them. Of course, there are, very, uh, there are ex <clears throat> exceptions. Of course. But our family, you know, I try to raise them as close as I can to the true creed of, of Islam. MashaAllah. And mannerism was, is, or is a big part of lifestyle over there in Egypt and the Middle East in general. How to be polite right. and respectful and all that good stuff, alhamdulillah. That's right, amazing. respect for, and they're actually, my kids get along very well, and, you know, they treat each other much better than any kids I've ever seen in the U.S. I mean, it was just such a blessing that they were raised here in this environment. Alhamdulillah. So they could turn out, you know, really, really good. And they're currently, mashallah, older, they go to school here in America, or they're, yeah, they have, they've returned back to the U.S. for, you know, education and, and work opportunities, but they... You know, for in, in the end, they'll come back here, inshallah. Mashallah. They call it home now, huh? They call Egypt home, yeah. Mashallah. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Allahumma barik. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them and bless your, your family altogether and our family as well. Allahumma ameen. Ya Rab. So you, you got into writing. You're uh, a writer, mashallah, huh? Right. I, you know, I spent years studying Islam. And after a certain period, you know, after my kids got older and I had a lot of more free time, I just said, you know, I have to give back. I have to tell people about this amazing way of life that that are lost upon so many of us that we just don't know about. And I have to tell them the truth and I have to write about it. And and God gave me the, the ability to do this. And both of my books, the two that I have published, the first one is called Why Islam? It was, it came out in 2011. Mashallah. And the second, and this was my first book and it, it's an attempt to get people to see the light, just to see you know why you should become Muslim. Uh -huh. Why so many people are becoming Muslim why you know it's to your best interest in your best interest to realize that there is a god and there is judgment day and you have to know this in order to achieve any sort of success in this life and the next that's uh -huh. the, basically what the book is about mashallah that's amazing that's beautiful and, and the second the book one? is yeah. called which way to paradise okay and it's about 50 questions and answer it's a book consisting of 50 questions and answers about different aspects of Islam that I want the new Muslim to to know about. I mean, that a Muslim should know about in the first in the first years of his journey after Islam. Uh huh. And now you have a third published book, mashallah, that you also right. This there. is my pride and joy. It's called Why Was I Created? Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. That's beautiful. And it's also an attempt, just like the first book was, but I was a, and I'm much more experienced now and well versed and and confident and able to spread the message in a better way than I was before. Mashallah. And I didn't, I chose not to use the word Islam in the title because Good. I didn't want people to, you know, know that it's a, necessarily a book about Islam. I want them to read it just curious about what their purpose in life is. That's amazing. And I hope they read it. And I hope it's read by, I hope it's translated into all languages. Inshallah, inshallah. Books like this and different articles and, and maybe even uh, videos and, and podcasts like this, it gives them a reason to exist. Exactly. And inshallah, it's a very good reason. Allah SWT works in mysterious ways. You never know how. It's just right. that Allah knows how to get people or, or people's hearts touched. Right. And it could be your book. It could be another person's book. It could be a podcast like this or a video like that. Or maybe a conversation that is triggered out of nowhere, you know, where you are walking down the street and you're looking like a Muslim or a Muslima. And then all right. of a sudden someone wants to ask you a question or maybe the behavior that you have given to those people who are in front of you an inspiration like okay why did she react to me like this why did she smile back in my face really? why did that person say assalamu alaikum to the other person what is it there for them to say something like that you know so right. you know th these beautiful ways and teachings in islam is a great reason for us to show islam you don't have to go to someone and say hey you better become a muslim you just right. you just behave as a Muslim and act like a good Muslim and be right. a good Muslim. And that is the only and the best way of spreading the, the Islamic da'wah and the Islamic yes, guidance. Yes, it, it is. Yes. 
That's amazing. I heard that a lot of you know in Indonesia they said that the, the Islam is spread <laughs> by the good the good practices and behavior of the Muslims there. So yeah, it really does attract people. And it was only by trade, you know, people were Muslims, and they were traders. They would come over to Indonesia to trade either spices or rice or sell them exactly. or buy stuff from them. And they them. would be honest. And they'd be honest. Working. Yeah. And they see them being nice. They punctual. see them punctual. punctual. Yeah, they see all that stuff, you know. So those are good ways of sharing Islam around the world. Exactly. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us and yourself honesty and sincerity in this religion and give us sincerity in this da'wah. Because what we're doing right now is basically da'wah, trying to spread the word. And spreading this word is inshallah good for us as we're living today. And even after we pass away, if it keeps on going, we're still going to get those residuals coming in into our grave. Inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless us with all these good deeds that people may benefit from after we pass away. Ya Rabb. Allahumma ameen. So uh, I will share with all the listeners and anywhere we where I will broadcast this podcast, inshallah, I will share with them the link to the books that you have already published, inshallah. I will be honored to also to also sell it on my website. We have a website for reverts. It's called the Revert World. It's not very popular. It's still, we're still working on making it popular. Alhamdulillah, there are people that go. And spend some time, you know, either reading or checking it out or basically, you know, wanting to buy something on there. We'd love to either broadcast, you know, podcasts like this, videos that we do, and or maybe share different books and different articles on there. It will be very beneficial and it will be an honor for us to share things like this on the on our website and any social media platform that we have out there. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. The, f- the first two books are actually for sale, but the third book is free. It's available for free for download. So that's, I would recommend that anyone who wants to read it should do so right away. I and mean, you don't have to wait to, re- to order or anything. MashaAllah. So we will share with all the listeners the link to download that free book. Inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala benefit you and benefit yeah. everybody by this book. Allahumma ameen. I thank you mm-hmm. so much, Sister Iman, also a.k.a. K. Sherman, right. for being with us today in this humble podcast and this humble channel that we have. We, all, we are on YouTube, we are on our podcast all over the, world, uh, all over the, the, the internet. We are Marshall. on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. So we're doing Marshall. as much as we can, inshallah, to promote this, uh, this work. And this beautiful word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We May thank Allah you. bless you, brother. I mean, I mean, Jazakallah khair. And uh, inshallah, real soon we'll have maybe another, maybe book review with you or something like that regarding that book that you have. I've read a lot of it, mashallah. It's an amazing, it's an amazing book. It tells a lot uh, about your story of how you embrace Islam. And it gives, right. it gives a lot of experience. It gives a lot of experience for those people who might be in the same exact scenario like you were in back in the day. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. I, I'll just say one last thing. Sure. The first impression after becoming a Muslim, the first thing that came to my mind, and I, I just couldn't believe that no one had told me this about Islam. And I kept on repeating to myself, if everyone applied the teachings of this religion, 
then we could virtually eliminate uh, maybe 99% of our problems. And I just was sure that Islam was the way, the way to get rid of, you know, prejudice, the way to get rid of, you know, all the problems that happen between vices and uh, social, you know, decadence and and dysfunctional homes and families. You know, if people just followed Islam, my book talks about, I, I got about 25 different or 30 different problems and I talked about the answer is in Islam and what Islam says about to avoid the problem before it even happens. So if people knew that, I think they would embrace Islam inshallah. Of course, because Islam is the perfect, the perfect way of life. Right. It's not just another way of life. It's actually the perfect way of life. You know how they say babies are not born with with guidebooks or something like that? Right. They say stuff like that. But in fact, babies are born with with books like that. And this book is called the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah has showed us how to take care of our life from before being conceived in the mother's womb all the way until after we die. Right. He even showed us how to, you know, clean ourselves and take care of our hygiene and and take care of our family, elders and youngs and everybody. Subhanallah. It's amazing. Everything that would help us is in the Islam. Everything's bad for us, we're we're warned against it. And it's just the complete final revelation from the uh, God to to humanity. And when people realize this, we can start to solve almost all of our problems and, and live in a harmony and live in a peace that should be the title of your new book soon inshallah where eliminate all the problems in life by following this lifestyle yes almost all of them yes inshallah thank you so much sister iman for being with us and inshallah we'll look forward to having more conversations with you like this and reading the rest of your books inshallah thank you for this opportunity to speak about islam and the religion of truth that I hope everyone thinks about and finally embraces. It is our pleasure. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening and being part of this podcast and the success of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us and you all the benefit of these gatherings. And as the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us, at the end of any kind of conversation or any kind of gathering, we say, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon, inshallah. You're welcome, inshallah.